0: When I buy something, I even question myself, do I really need this or do I just want to buy it for the sake of buying, right? You know, just asking ourselves these questions make a huge difference. It's like why are we buying this? Do we buy it out of need? Do we buy it out of desire? There's nothing wrong with it, but when you're constantly buying stuff, then you know, we have to start questioning ourselves, why do we keep buying so much stuff? Is it because you know, we are so conditioned by society to buy stuff to make us feel better, or is it because, you know, we feel like we're not enough? And you know, most most people don't value their their worth. They think they're not worthy enough. So they have to buy all these things to keep up with the Joneses and feel like they can be accepted by society. But when you can learn to let that go and just be okay with what you have and who you are, like, then you know that real work will start coming to you and start you'll start letting go of certain things that don't serve you anymore
1: welcome to spark joy the podcast dedicated to celebrating the KonMari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest with your hosts and certified KonMari consultants Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi and now here's the show
2: Self-confidence is one of those things that some people seem to be born with while others struggle and struggle, feeling confident some days and completely defeated the next. It can feel very elusive, but our guest today absolutely believes self-confidence can grow and flourish in all of us. Sheena Yap Chan is a blogger, podcaster, consultant, author, and speaker whose sole purpose, drive, and passion is to help build women's self-confidence from the ground up. She currently inspires women every day through her podcast called The Tower of Self-Confidence, where she interviews various women about their inner journey to self-confidence. Welcome to Spock Joy, Chena.
3: Welcome, Chena. Thanks for having me today. <laughs> Well, you have very interesting background, so we'd love to start there. Can you give us uh, just an idea of what your journey has been like um, in terms of self-confidence and building a brand around that and some current projects that you're involved in? Sure. So,
0: you know, a little bit about myself. Um, My name is Sheena Abchan and um, I've started this podcast called The Tao of Self-Confidence just because I never felt like there was enough platforms to celebrate women for one thing. And, you know, self-confidence is huge, um, especially in my life because before I, my confidence wasn't as high as, or as, as, you know, as good as it is today. Um, so for me, it was like, I wanted to create something that can help women out there, especially women of Asian descent, You know, we've been told to just live and do things a certain way, not realizing like life can be um, lived, you know, in many different ways, right? And showcasing women who've been there, who've gone through it, who've had their lowest lows and be able to overcome it shows that anything is possible and we can go out there and live the life that we want. So, um, you know, I used to work a nine to five job and, you know, one day I decided to quit and you know, just go on this journey. And I didn't even know where it was going. I just knew it was going somewhere.
3: Um, Those are the best ones, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, um, it's scary, of course, because you have no idea what's going to happen. You know, that fear of the unknown, not realizing, you know, the unknown is actually something we can embrace and just, you know, enjoy it, right? Enjoy the present moment. So yeah, I mean, I've been doing the podcast for almost three years and it's been great, you know, meeting so many w- different women and, you know, having this platform, podcasting, which is so amazing, you know, um, it can be reached all over the world. So many women have, you know, reached out to me saying how it's helped them. And now I'm just, you know, always creating different ways and resources and tools to help more women out there with their confidence. because This is something that we deal with on an everyday basis. It's not like we're confident 100% you know there's days where we're not confident you know i have days where i just don't even want to talk to people and you know feel like my confidence is just you know down in the dumps but i always pick myself back up and
3: keep going and help others do the same wow i would love for you to share one of the stories that are discussed on your your podcast with our listeners, like maybe example of someone who's kind of embraced self-confidence after kind of having a low moment in their life,
0: sure. I mean, there's so many women I've interviewed where they've had low moments, you know, where there was um, you know, going through domestic abuse. Um you know, I remember interviewing a lady who was born with no arms. And, you know, it was hard for her to accept herself, especially, you know, growing up, you had no arms and feeling like they can't do anything. And, you know, because of her situation, she's now able to become a motivational speaker and and go, go out to travel different countries and speak her vision and speak her voice and just be herself, right? Now she's the first armless pilot. She's a black belt in karate. She surfs, she drives, she does everything with her feet. <laughs> which oh is, my gosh. Yeah, which is amazing. Wow. It's like, here's a woman who's been through, you know, a very difficult time in her life, but was able to overcome it. And if, you know, if someone like her can do it, we can do it as well. And there's many other stories like women who's been through cancer, you know, still able, still able to overcome it and still create a life where they can be happy with themselves and accept themselves for who they are, even if their hair is falling off, you know, things mm. like that.
2: Wow. That's so inspiring. I mean, I, I just, you know, when you think about people who have really been, you know, dealt, a difficult set of circumstances and still they manage to find a way to rise above it. I think that that's just so incredibly inspiring. So, you what is, what is your message about self-confidence? What is, what do you do you convey through your podcast about, you know, what self-confidence is all about?
0: Well, for me, um, the message for self-confidence is, you know, it's not, so, so so many people have this notion that being self-confident is like, you always have to be loud and boisterous. You're positive 100% of the time. And let's face it, like not all of us are born that way. Not all of us are made that way. You know, you can be an introvert and still be confident. You can be, you know, shy and still be confident. It's just learning to be your authentic self and just pushing forward, right? If there's something that scares you, but you know that if you, you know, jump over that fear, it can bring you to so many opportunities in your life, then you do it, right? You do it even if you're scared, you know, all of us have done something in our life where we're scared, even creating this podcast. I was, you know, super scared as to like what would people think of me if they'll like the podcast, if they'll like my voice, if they think I'm some crazy Asian girl. Um, But, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but we all go through it. Right. And just learning to be vulnerable. Right. I mean, I think being vulnerable is huge, right? Having that relatability factor um, really helps us understand and empathize other people as to what they're going through. And when we can learn about people's problems and how we can solve it, and just be aware of what's going on in our lives, then we can have you know that confidence to seek the help or seek the solutions in our lives. So, yeah, for me, confidence is you know being your authentic self, loving yourself, and also you know doing the things that scare you the most. And I mean, like a lot of us have fears. I still have so many fears that I have to go through, but I, I take it day by day.
2: I love what you just said about the fear and that, um, you know, that little voice that keeps saying, do it anyway, do it anyway, do it anyway. Um, I think that in the times that I've felt bravest, there's that little voice that just keeps saying, you just have to do this no matter what. You just have to do it and, and push through. And I th- so I think that that's really, it's really not about not having fear, it's about doing it in spite of the fear. What would you say? Some of the people that you've met that seem to have that that have really great self confidence. What are, do they have? Any common traits or characteristics? How do you feel that they might be different than you know the rest of us who are working on building our self confidence?
0: Yeah, I mean, some of the women that I've interviewed, you know, some of the traits that they have. Well, for me, one main trait that I've noticed is that they all have a huge purpose, a purpose that's bigger than them, right? Um, I think having a huge purpose is really important in our lives because when we have that purpose that's bigger than us, then we have the confidence to do anything, right? When I first started this podcast, it was about, you know, it was first something that I wanted because it's like I never found a podcast where women shared about their struggles of self-confidence and how they're able to overcome it. But the more I kept doing it, I knew it was bigger than me. I knew there was women out there who were suffering, who feel like they're alone, who feel like they can't do it. And just having the support system really helps them, you know, get through their life day by day, right? So, you know, having a huge purpose is is important. You know, Women out there who have interviewed, um, they built their confidence based on their purpose, whether it's to educate women on being more financially independent or just becoming a better mother to their children. Um, mm-hmm. That's what, drove them to have that confidence and, you know, being able to love themselves and not just the good parts of yourself, like the good, bad, the ugly, everything about yourself. Right. I mean, as women, we're so, we're so, judgmental on ourselves when it comes to the bad parts, right? It's like when we make a mistake, it's like, it's the end of the world. And we have to learn to be okay with making mistakes and, you know, embrace our weaknesses and flaws because that's what makes us beautiful, right? Sometimes our greatest weaknesses and flaws can be our greatest strengths. And, you know, when you can learn to love yourself and I mean... Truly love yourself, right? All of you—the good stuff, the bad stuff—then you know you have that confidence to go out there and and do it, right? And you know, um, most women, you know, they've stopped seeking that validation. I know sometimes it's easier said than done, but when you start working in yourself, it does get easier. You know that that heaviness. Falls off, and you feel a lot lighter when you stop caring if people like the way you look or you know like what you do because you can't please everybody; it's it's impossible. Um, and just learning to figure things out along the way. So most of the women I've interviewed, when they started something, they had no clue what it was going to look like. They just knew they wanted to create something, and ju- they just figured it out along the way. And as women. You know, we can do that. You know, we, we can figure things out along the way because, because we've done it all our lives, right? When we have no clue what we're doing, you know, we ask somebody, we look it up on the internet, we do research, um, and that was huge for me because, as, as a woman, especially as a woman of Asian descent, I always felt like I had to figure everything out before I started something, and that actually delayed me a lot because I just kept on figuring out, figuring it out, figuring it out, not taking action, not realizing. You know, we just course correct along the way. If we make a mistake, it's not a mistake; it's feedback. It's like this doesn't work. We'll try another way. Um, so that was uh, another trait that I that I noticed that actually helped me a lot. Knowing that you know we all make mistakes. We all can figure it out along the way. And we have that capability and that confidence to do it. And just learning to be grateful, you know, having that mindset of abundance um, is huge, right? When you can say you're truly grateful for your life, more things, y- you track more things into your life, right? Because of that energy that you have, that high frequency energy where you're like, You're always just grateful for what you have, no matter if it's, you know, the water that we drink, the food we have on our table, you know, some of the basic necessities that we have in North America are actually, you know, a luxury in third world countries, right? And tend to forget that because, you know, we don't see it sometimes, right? When you, you know, travel different countries and you see like, you know, some of these people have to eat food out of the garbage cans, right? So, so being grateful is huge. So some of those are some of the traits that I've noticed in
3: the women that I've interviewed. Beautiful, and I think that as consultants working through the Kanbari process with our clients, we definitely understand the impact of being grateful and the energy that is. It's not a tangible thing, but it's something that we we put out into the space when we're thankful for things we're letting go of, and it comes back to us in incredibly different um, types of ways. And, you know, Karen and I understand that innately, (laughs) but we uh, are, we have listeners who right now are at a place where they may be struggling with getting started with a major event like a KonMari Tiding event, which can take anywhere from 48 hours to 40 plus hours uh, to complete in full. Uh, So, I would love, Sheena, if you could share some practical tips for someone who may be struggling to jump into something where there's a lot of fear of unknown, uh, There's uh, it's a big task ahead, there might not be that innate confidence up front when starting to address clutter. Um, so I would love for you to share some tips that could help our listeners kind of get over that hump. Sure. So, you know, one of
0: the things that I usually advise listeners is that, you know, take things step by step, you know, these little, you know, steps that you can do. It doesn't, you know, most people think you have to take a huge step to create confidence or to increase confidence or, you know, to better yourself. So really, it's these little actionable steps that really create that huge result. And, you know, the more we can do these little steps, the more confidence we can build and the more we can keep going. Um, So, you know, maybe today you just start saying something nice to yourself, right? I, and it, it's going to feel weird when you start saying something nice to yourself, right? Because it's something you're not used to, right? Looking in the mirror and you tell yourself you're beautiful, like it feels awkward, right? And that's fine, right? anything, you do something for the first time just feels awkward, but you just keep doing it. Um, So, you know, just taking little steps at a time is really huge, you know, because taking that first step is actually the most important step. Um, You know, a lot of people are very hesitant to take that first step because of the fears or the things that they tell themselves. So, you know, when you take that first step is really a big big accomplishment. And then you can, you know, give yourself a pat on the back and see what happens next, right? What's the next steps you can do that to build more confidence. Um, Another great Thing is surrounding yourself with great people, right? Um, people who you want to be, be like, right? Um, you know, kind of emulate from, it. I mean, I have, you know, groups of people that I go to when I have problems who can help me out, who tell me what I need to hear versus what I want to hear. Cause that's huge, right? Um, if you're doing something wrong, you know, they'll tell you. And sometimes you might not like to hear that but it's necessary. So some, some things like that can help you out, give you feedback on what you can improve on. And even, you know, doing simple things as, you know, reading books, you know, going for a workout, having some, some form of meditation. Um, for me, you know, like lying down and closing my eyes and listening to meditation music isn't for me cause I just fall asleep. So for me, like running really helps me clear my head. So, you know, This is stuff that you can do according to what works for you, right? As confidence, there's so many different ways to build it, but it's learning what fits you um, will help you get there, right? There's things that will work for you. There's things that won't work for you. Maybe reading a book may work for you. Maybe it won't. But that's something you have to figure it out. I
2: really like what you said earlier about that mistakes are just feedback because I, th- I think a lot of times when we're working with clients or when we're doing our own tidying, we have a lot of guilt about the things that we've bought that no longer, or maybe they never worked. And to acknowledge that, oh, this was a mistake is, is really hard and I think doesn't help our self-esteem. But to look at it as oh, this is feedback. This is information that I need in order to go on with my life. I mean, I've had clients who have said, I feel like my whole closet is a mistake. I feel like I bought these clothes thinking I was somebody that I wasn't. And so, it's, and that's really hard. I mean, not only is it hard from a practical perspective, like, you know, uh, I've spent all this money on these things that don't work for me and I don't like. Um, but it is also this, 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 you know, this is information that you've just received about the person that you want to be. And, you know, there's really, it's hard to put a price on that. So I, th- I think that this is a really great way to reframe things that may appear to be, you know, flaws or mistakes or, or you know, things that are that are wrong with us um, it, it is to think of them as being more information that we've that we've that we've earned. And it can influence our, our more positive decisions along the way.
3: Another aspect of KonMari that we should definitely address with you, Sheena, is the process of visualization, thinking about what an ideal lifestyle looks like for you and also ideal living environment, we use that as kind of a f- foundational way of grounding the decision-making process that uh, shortly follows thereafter. So we're curious if you could give us a little bit of insight into how to connect that with self-confidence.
0: Sure. Um, you know, some of the things that I've done is just, you know, how do I see myself if I was this confident person? Right. I really believe that what we think about, we bring about, right. A lot of people don't realize that their, their brain is like a, you know, like hardware on a computer, right. If you feed it with good stuff, it's going to work well. But if you feel it, feed it with negative stuff, it's going to create a virus. Right. So, you know, some of the things I do is mostly like mindset stuff, right. If I, you know, tell myself something negative. I immediately switch it to something positive, like the total opposite. Like, you know, if I tell myself, "Oh, I feel ugly today," it's like, no, you know, I actually feel beautiful um, because you know, it's 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 that quick to think of something that's the opposite of that negative thing that you're thinking about. So, you know, I I keep telling myself when I there's something negative going on, I I do is I I do my best to switch it to something positive as much as I can. Um, you know and and you know just i keep you know sh- picturing myself in my head what it's like to be that person that i want to be what the kind of things i want to you know attract in my life and some of the things i also do is journaling right i write you know something that happened today or something that I've thought of, you know, every single day, whether it's like three lines or three paragraphs, you know, journaling is really huge to kind of like just dump all your thoughts on a piece of paper. It really does clear your head and give you more room to visualize on the things that you want in your life. Um, you know, some things don't really work for me, like having a vision board, you know, it, I've done it a couple times. It just hasn't you know, affected me, it can help other people. But like I mentioned, right, there's different ways for you to to have this visualization. Some people do use a vision board. Some people don't. Some people, you know, have a book of manifestations that they try to manifest into their life and they write it down because there's something magical when you write something down on a piece of paper. So every person's different and there's different ways to do that. You know, for me, it's just visualizing in my head what I want, learning to manifest it, learning to, you know, have things that I want in my life. And, you know, obviously I'm still practicing, but the more I keep doing it, the more
3: great things happen to me. So those are some of the things that I've done. Those are great tips. And I love how you said that maybe a vision doesn't necessarily have to be a vision board. It doesn't necessarily have to be photos. It could be the written word or some other combination of the two. Uh, I think so many people think that if they don't resonate with this idea of creating a board, then there's just no point in kind of doing the exercise. So I like how you gave multiple examples there of how we can shape our vision in order to be more confident. And I also saw that you recently sold your condo and I, uh, discussed in episode 33 that I also joined that club. I recently let go of my home. So you're also quite the tidier and and the minimalist. You have, uh, let go of, uh, couple of things in your life in order to live on the beach for two years. Uh, so we'd like to hear about that experience as well and how you define minimalism in your own life.
0: Sure. I mean, um, you know, that decision, it, it wasn't actually a hard decision to make. Um, you know, one day I just said I wanted to live somewhere outside of where I was living, which was in Toronto. And, you know, Toronto's cold. So it's like the winters suck. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, I wanted to live on the beach. And, you know, out of nowhere, like Hawaii popped up and I was like, I'm going to live in Hawaii. And I didn't know how I was going to do it, to be honest. I was just like, I was going to live there. I was telling my friends and family, they all thought I was nuts. They all thought, sure, whatever. You're just, you know, I'll talk. And, you know, like things just started falling into place. Like my condo was up for renewal and I just said, I'm just going to sell it, you know, and got rid of everything. Like, you know, the furniture, the car, Everything. And, you know, when you let go of those things, it's just like, you feel so much lighter. Like, you know, there was this heaviness that was carrying, you've been carrying for a long time and it's just like all gone. And until this day, I still, you know, live in like two suitcases. That's all the things that I've owned. But, you know, I was able to live in Hawaii for two winters, which is, you know, amazing. Cause I never even thought that that's something I could even do to begin with. Um, but I made it happen. And, you know, for me, minimal, minimalism is, you know, just, you know, living, living with less to live with more. I hope that makes sense. You know, just like less things for more experiences in your life. Right. Um, you know, I don't really, have that many things but I do have more life experiences, you know. I've traveled more. I get to spend more time with my grandmothers, you know, family members and for me that's that's way more important than having a Louis Vuitton bag <laughs> or, you know, having, you know, all the all the stuff, right? Right? It's 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 like we, we define ourselves through these things, not realizing like these are just things. They're just, you know, they make you happy for a, a moment, but not forever. You know, having these experience really help you realize like what you're capable of, learn to love yourself, learn to adapt to different environments, learn to, to just learn more about other people's cultures and what they do and, um, you know, have that inner peace in yourself. So, yeah, for me, you know, minimalism is living with less to live with more.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And as a result of that experience, do you have a tidying tip to share? I definitely want to ask you, considering you had the experience of living out of two bags, like what was that like? And what did you learn through that process?
0: Well, for me, I've learned to let go of a lot of things and I've done, you know, certain things that might not make sense for people, but makes total sense for me. So with like, when it comes to my clothes, you know i only wear three colors three colors and because it makes my life a lot easier i've learned to let go of not shopping as much when i go to the mall it's like i don't, if there's if if the three colors that i wear aren't there i i just don't buy it right and this has actually helped me a lot because it's learned to help me focus on you know other things in life versus like what am I gonna wear today do I really need this shirt in 10 different other colors it's like no I just three basic colors and that's it and it's really helped me in a huge way to you know live with less like I mentioned and even um, with my diet I've gone plant-based you know just really helps me learn to you know focus on just living a cleaner life a healthier lifestyle versus you know for and hours, eating meat and dairy. There was just so many choices and, you know, I was just using my brain to figure out what I'm gonna eat versus, you know, I can use my brain for other things like how can I help women become more confident or what can I what tools and resources can I create to help women out there. So, you know, little things like this have really helped me learn to let go of a lot of things and focus on the more important issues in life. And You know, you don't have to do something as drastic as I have. You can just start with letting go of one thing. Maybe today you're just going to stop wearing yellow. I don't know, you know, something, something small like that. And the more you keep doing it, um, the more you can, you can adjust along the way. Like when I first started, um, with my clothing, I said I would only wear six colors and then it went down to three, right. And it just made my life a whole lot easier.
2: I think it's super interesting Uh, when we work with our clients, a lot of times, um, there's this transformation that takes place, and it really has to do with um those decisions that that we have made. Uh, that we make about all the things that we have. So what you just said about really limiting the number of decisions that you're making by making a conscious decision that like you are only wear three colors or you'll only eat this kind of food. It really instead of, instead of it feeling, um, prohibitive or as though you're, are, you know, keeping yourself from being able to do something, it's really liberating because then it, it gives you the the space to do something more or different or better or different, you know, something that, that brings you more joy. Um, one of the things that seems to happen with a lot of our clients is that buying things and shopping and just having things in general seems to really take a back, a back seat. Um, but but sometimes as a process that takes time. How do you suggest people get started with reducing the number of decisions and things in their lives? You mentioned earlier that you started with this idea of six colors. How did you decide on those six colors? And then how did you get down to the three colors, for example?
0: Well, I mean, when deciding that, you know, I just I just made that conscious decision. Like I just got sick and tired of like buying so many things and not even using half the things that I bought. You know, before it started with, if I haven't used this in in over a year, I was going to give it away. And, you know, I gave away so much stuff. (laughs) And (laughs) then, you know, as I started working on myself and, you know, learning about things like minimalism and how I can live a better life, then I said, that's when I started deciding to, you know, see parts of my life where I could get rid of stuff, right? Like clothing. It's like, do I really need to wear 10 colors or can I, you know, make it to six colors. And then when six colors was too much for me, it's like, okay, well maybe three colors might be better. And, you know, it's just, you just keep working at it and figuring it out along the way. And, you know, when I buy something, I even question myself, do I really need this or do I just want to buy it for the sake of buying? Right. Um, You know, just asking ourselves these questions make a huge difference. It's like, why are we buying this? Do we buy it out of need? Do we buy it out of desire? There's nothing wrong with it, but when you're constantly buying stuff, then, you know, we have to start questioning ourselves. Why do we keep buying so much stuff? Is it because, you know, we are so conditioned by society to buy stuff to make us feel better? Or is it because, you know, we feel like we're not enough and, you know, most, most people don't value their their worth. They think they're not worthy enough. So they have to buy all these things to keep up with the Joneses and feel like they can be accepted by society. But when you can learn to let that go and just be okay with what you have and who you are, like, then, you know, that real work will start coming to you and start, you'll start letting go of certain things that don't serve you anymore. I mean, I remember, you know, I bought this bag, you know, designer bag for the first time. I just bought it because, you know, it just, I guess it felt good at the time, but then months after it was like, you know, i really had no need for it. <laughs> And I ended up giving it away. And after that, like it, it felt good, you know, like, yeah, at first I was like, man, I spent so much money on this, but then it's like, you know, everything happens for a reason and, and you just have to learn to let it go and just keep moving forward.
2: I think that um, a lot of people – I know I certainly could say this about myself, you know, uh, that it was easier to buy something that kind of said, oh, I feel valuable as a person rather than do the internal work. And, you know, I think think culture just kind of encourages that, you know, it's like – you know, all of our advertising paints images of this amazing life that you will have and that you'll lead and these people that will want to be around you if you have this car or this outfit or this handbag or whatever it is. Um, so, so I think tying this back into self-confidence is really, it's really stripping that away gives you then the room to actually begin to build self-confidence. Would you say that that's something that you have found to be true with, with the, the folks that you interview and that you work with?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of them have learned to, you know, live with less, you know, a lot of them travel the world. A lot of them, you know, just, you know, focus on what's important, the message that they want to convey to the world versus like saying they have all these things, you know, success to them wasn't, I got the car, I got the house, I got, you know, the white picket fences. It was just like, you know, I love myself more, I learned to live with less, you know, I, I've learned to work on myself every single day. Um, you know, that's, that's what life was for them after. Like life was great because they were able to work on themselves and it wasn't because the of result of, because I bought all the stuff, it was because they did the internal work. They did, you know, they, 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 you know, peeled the the layers out and see themselves for who they are, see their, their authentic
3: selves. Defining Success. Confidently. Love it. We'll wrap things up here with our, one of our favorite questions at this very moment. What sparks the most joy for you?
0: For me, um, what sparks the most joy is my podcast, really. I know May sound cheesy, but I really, I really love you know interviewing women and helping women out there and getting messages how it's helped them with depression and be able to you know create their own blogs, go out there and you know do public speaking and you know I it just it amazes me how many women come up to me and tell me tell me how much it's really helped them you know for me it's just like if I can help one person I've done my job and you know the fact that the feedback I've gotten is so positive and so empowering and inspiring has, you know, given me More purpose to keep going no matter what happens. Because, you know, when you have a podcast, it's not always easy. (laughs) You know, uh, technical wise, it's like you want to throw your computer against the wall. Every day. You just want to like kill yourself. We've been there. Yeah. -hmm. So it's like, you know, these things happen, but you just keep going, right? You keep going because you have a huge purpose because there's someone out there who's going to hear it and realize if it's possible for one person, it's possible for me.
3: Sheena, do you have any parting words of wisdom for us?
0: Yes. So, you know, I always tell people, you know, behind every successful woman is herself. And I want women or even men to realize that, you know, you are what creates success. It's up to you to do it. You have that decision power to go out there and live the life that you want. And, you know, it may not always look like how you pictured it in your head, But, you know, everything will fall into place, may not make sense now, but it it will make sense later.
2: Such a great message. I really appreciate uh, having you on the show and sharing some of your really great insights about how to be the person that you are always meant to be. Thank you so much for being here.
3: Thanks for having me. It was really an honor. Yes. Thank you, Sheena. I feel like we can now move forward Facing the unknown without fear and finding our own version of what success means to us. Thank you. Not a
0: problem.
2: (laughs) To connect with Sheena, visit the Tower of Self-Confidence dot com and follow her on Facebook and Instagram at the Tower of Self-Confidence. Sheena is also offering a great free self-talk tape for our listeners, which we will link to in the show notes.
3: So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning, tidying questions or share stories about how Kanmari has impacted your life. You can
2: find us at sparkjoypodcast.com and click Ask SparkJoy to leave a question or comment for a chance to be featured on next week's show.
3: While you're there, sign up to join our SparkJoy podcast community and get notified when each episode airs.
2: You can also join the SparkJoy podcast community on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at the handle at
3: SparkJoyPodcast. Thanks for tuning in and we hope your day sparks joy.
1: Thank you for listening to Spark Joy with your host Kristen Ivey of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. Spark Joy, the podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with Conmari Media Incorporated. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of Conmari Media Incorporated or the Conmari consultant community.